Welcome to Visma Ski Classics podcast, Living You to Living. Visma Ski Classics is the long distance ski championships with 12 pro tour events and 35 pro teams, bringing professional and recreational skiers together. We will analyze the events on the tour, portray the legends of the sport, and help you to become a better skier. Team Ragde Eiendom's Petter Eliasen, who lives in Alta up north in Norway, is one of the greatest long-distance skiers on earth and among the five most successful Visma Ski Classics legends in our Hall of Fame. He has 13 states wins and 13 additional podium places and he is a two-time Hertz champion in season 5 and 6. In season 7 and 9 he finished second. He is also a two-time Vasaloppen and Birkebeinerrennet winner. He retired from professional skiing after 2017 but returned successfully after a year-long hiatus. In addition to Visma Ski Classics, Eliasen has participated in two world championships in 2011 and 2013. 11th place in the 50km Mastard race as his best result. He has also raced in selected World Cup stages from 2009 to 2014. This 34-year-old athlete's specialty is high-paced skiing, often resulting in breakaways. And he is one of the high-capacity athletes with a VO2 max close to 90mm per kilo per minute. He is a 182cm tall and weighs 79 kilos. Are you ready? Yes. Welcome Petter Eliasen. How are you today? Thank you. I'm fine. And how is Alta nowadays? It's in the end of March. Uh, is it winter or summer? In Alta it's a lot of snow. We have uh, one of the most snow rich winters this year and uh, the sun is uh, warming up the temperature and uh, so it's uh, kind of slow conditions uh, midday and uh, it's colder in, uh, in the mornings but uh, it's really nice. So what do you prefer, to ski in the morning when it's icy and fast or, or in uh, noontime or afternoon when it's uh, slow and, and sunny? <laughs> For sure I prefer the, the fast conditions. So uh, today I was uh, skiing from uh, 6 o'clock and uh, the first uh, three hours were uh, really good and uh, then it became uh, softer and, uh, and slower in the snow. So I stopped at uh, 11 and it I was really glad I started early. That was a good workout then, five hours. It was a good good workout. We have a small competition in the team now as uh, the, all the competitions are cancelled. and uh, we So we try to see uh, which one can uh, go the most kilometers. We started on Thursday, so this was the seventh day and then we... Uh, we continue until the first of April. So, but we are not so uh, not so uh, crazy as uh, <laughs> we, we still have. Uh, I know you have the had the world record for the 24 hours. So I have not skied so long, but uh, on the show plan he had uh, and you are telling had uh, 321 kilometers. But I I just ski uh, between 80 and 90 kilometers per day. So I have uh, I guess I have. For 580 now. Wow, so you ski like between a Marchalonga and a Vasaloppet per day for yeah, for like two weeks. Yeah, I tried to. So. Wow, <laughs> uh, that's an interesting challenge. Yeah, uh, for sure. <laughs> I, I guess I hadn't, hadn't skied so much uh, if it wasn't uh, 
that challenge in the team. That's who who like initiated? Makes it. Who came up with that idea? Uh, I think it was uh, e either Jürgen Auklund, the team director, or uh, it was uh, the main sponsor, huh. Edgar Haugen. I, I don't know which of them, but uh, they are <laughs> very excited. Actually, the the, the head sponsor he, he wanted to put. <laughs> Uh, Andreas and me on the plane to Oslo to try to beat uh, <laughs> Anders and Newars uh, record. But uh, nowadays it's uh, all closed and we if, we if we go south with the plane now, we have to stay in uh, quarantine for 14 days when we come back. So I think uh, it's not uh, going to happen, but we, we might try to do a similar workout. So if you're listening to this, uh, maybe... Uh... At a totally other time than this is published, we are right in the middle of the coronavirus uh, time, and you can't move so much. It's it's not easy to transport yourself in in Norway or in other part of the world either. That's right. <laughs> Alta is way up in Norway. Why do you live up there? It's mainly because uh, my uh, future coming wife. We have been together for 13 years now, and. Yeah, we have three kids. We, she, she is from uh, from Alta, and uh, so we wanted to move up here to her family from for uh, in 2013. So we have lived there since then. And you said you were you are going to get married now? Yeah, we actually we 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 decided to get married this summer. But the day after, we sent out invitations uh, to the to the guests. Uh, the, Things were starting to close down. Uh, the Birkebeiner was uh, cancelled, and soon after, everything else was closing down. So now it's uh, really uh, not certain that uh, we can have the, the wedding uh, on the 4th of July. But uh, oh, 4th of July! Think, yeah, <laughs> we actually met in Torsby, and we so we're going to have the in Sweden, going to have the wedding there. In uh, the ski that tunnel. That was the plan. Yeah, in the ski tunnel. <laughs> no, not in the tunnel, but uh, we at Valbeksengen and. Uh, we might have to change plans now as uh, yeah we don't know what will happen but uh, we will get married some, some, somewhere somehow <laughs> yeah and you have three kids you and Sigurd how old are they the youngest will be 4 years now in april and uh, and I have two more the boy that will be 8 this year and, uh, and a girl that she will be 10 so two in school and one in the kindergarten do they ski yeah, they they ski some some sometimes, and they are they uh, the two oldest one is uh, part of the club, the ski club local, and uh, so they they have one one training uh, each week and uh, and some local uh, local racing. So, but they are not not super eager to uh, to ski, but uh, they we try we try to take them out uh, when we have time, and uh, I hope I hope they will. Uh, at least uh, be skiing uh, at a competitive level uh, for some years. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, it's not only their dad, because also uh, long ago I, I went to school with your fiancé in, in Alaska and uh, Sigrid also she became uh, a champion in uh, the, the university race there, the NCAA. She was the best skier over there. Is that how you met? On a ski race? Uh, well, 
actually we met uh, well, as I said in Torsby. Oh uh, yeah, that's true. She was preparing for the World Cup in Düsseldorf, and I was on a training camp with my uh, local team back then. That was called Team Trundelag. So um, yeah, we have. Uh, we have shared the same passion for skiing, and we and she's still skiing, and uh, she started taking up uh, some competitions now uh, again. So she had been it's... racing in Visma Ski Classics. I've seen her name in a, <laughs> uh, some yeah. prologue or something. Yeah, she raced some years ago in Livigno, and uh, this year she uh, she took part in uh, La Diagonella, one hour slower than me, but she still ma- made it uh, made the cut to the elite. Uh, Start in uh, in the Vas uh, Vasaloppe, uh, the Birkebener uh, race, but uh, that was cancelled <laughs> right before she she was uh, hoping to to race that one. Talking that about uh, the United States, that's actually your best result in national championships. It's it's not in Norway. You have been second <laughs> in the national championships in the U.S. Ah, that's right. <laughs> Do you remember Never that race? Ah, remember. <laughs> it was uh, I think it was um, uh, skiathlon. Or yeah, uh, at least it was yeah, 30k. Uh, <laughs> I remember I I was sprinting one <laughs> one one round uh, too early, <laughs> and I thought it was uh, I was going to to finish, but I had to go <laughs> one more round. <laughs> oh, so I didn't lay down and I didn't ski over the finish line. I just oh, <laughs> started just tired. Uh, started on the, uh, tired, but uh, I was fun to be in Alaska and, and race and. Uh, Side story: Three of the guys I met there, they were uh, only kids back then. Uh, the Hanneman uh, brothers and uh, David uh, Norris. Uh, the three guys, they were having the same coach as uh, my fiance. Oh, really? And, uh, and, and now they are all, all uh, three of them have been have been to the national team in in the U.S. and uh, race in the Olympics and World Championships. So that was uh, pretty cool. I have had some contact with them uh, after it was a good good place to to ski in fairbanks you know <laughs> yeah i i lived there for four years it's a great place certainly uh, and cold you have skied two world championships in 2011 and 2013 and you have done lots of world cups you have been on the podium in relay you have been fourth in individual uh, World Cup, and all the best of your results are in 50k, either either classic or skating. But it's 50k seems to be like best distance in the traditional skiing. Why do you think you were better at 50k than 15k as a traditional skier? I remembered uh, when I was on the national team and uh, we were training one. Uh, with the, with the, with our team and uh, Peter Nortug, he, he said to me, "You you're a 50k uh, skier." <laughs> he could see easily that I was not uh, fast enough, maybe for for the shorter races. What, what did he base said, that on training sessions? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I remember I w- we were preparing for the the World Championships in in Holmenkollen 2011, and uh, I was not in so good shape that fall. I've, I had been some sick. But he said, just don't worry, you're a 50k skier and uh, just uh, focus on that. He tried to cheer me up, so it was uh, kind of uh, encouraging to hear it from him that, uh, okay, uh, don't don't worry if you are not so fast in the shorter races. If you're in good shape in the, in the long uh, 
race can be good. So I fell in the, the yeah, last the kilometers, right. uh, but so I I didn't. I, I guess I have never been on the couldn't uh, reach the podium uh, because it was a mass sprint. Or, or but you were eleventh, uh, and we could guess yeah, that I you would 11th. have been top yeah. ten at least. Yeah, maybe so. So it was uh, a good race and a fantastic experience to to race the world championships on on home ground. <laughs> And now you're sitting here with uh, 13 event victories in Vismoski Classics. You have won the Vasaloppet two times. You have won many, many races. You have been the overall champion two times. You have been second two times. The transition you made there, uh, you started with the Vismoski Classics, the season of 2015. Do you remember what was, what was your goal? For the first season, uh, yeah, I remember um, taking the step over to uh, to the long distance skiing, and uh, it was uh, yeah, it was a new experience. I, I was uh, more open minded, and I, I didn't ha I didn't set a specific uh, result goal for the season. I, I have a I made an interview with you back in the days, and you said okay. I want to get used to Vismaski Classics and over time fight for the podium in an individual okay. race. Yeah, that might be, have been something like that. So I was just uh, trying to adapt to the training and uh, the racing. And uh, so it was uh, really, uh, I liked it very much because I was uh, kicked out of the national team and I was maybe, I didn't know if I was were going to ski on a professional level but then I, I met uh, Alskoir and, and his team and they, they gave me this opportunity to take uh, I got a two-year contract I think or it was uh, one year I don't remember exactly but anyway I, I, I could train and I could uh, prepare for the long distance skiing and it was uh, fun to try something else and have a, a other focus but train and, and I, I wanted uh, to to see uh, how far I could uh, go, but uh, I was not uh, disappointed uh, if I didn't win. <laughs> but but, but uh, still, you you won, you you won ski classics your first season. It was uh, what was your impression about that winning races and winning winning so much? Oh, it was a totally new experience for, because I was not uh, kind of a, a winning guy. I was always. Uh, Top ten, or maybe in a local race, I could to win a national national cup races. I could win, but in the World Cup, I was top ten, top twenty, top thirty. So I was not a winning guy. And, and suddenly, uh, when I won uh, these big races like uh, Vasalop and Birken, I, I felt something ch changed. Uh, I, I was <laughs> it was a different feeling to to be one of the guys that could suddenly win big races. So. It was a new experience, and uh, of course, it was really uh, enjoyable. But then I, then I, when I first had won some races, I, I wanted to win more, and uh, I put my uh, my goals uh, higher, and uh, I was moving <laughs> moving the goals uh, upward when when the results got better. But but why do you think you succeeded? So like. There are many World Cup skiers that have tried Visma Ski Classics, uh, some with success and some with not success. Why did uh, why did did it fit you so well? 
I don't. I've thought a little bit about that. Uh, I think I, I've always been good in the long, long races. I like, but I was not never extreme, uh, never a extreme uh, double polar, or I was never strong or fast or something like that. But I, I like these two or three hours workouts where I could go like uh, medium threshold uh, speed, and that was maybe not the best training for uh, for the uh, normal World Cup, but maybe it was better training for. For the ski classics and uh, and then I, I remember the first years uh, when I was a senior I, I was on uh, this uh, regional team like I said in Trøndelag and, and it was always this double polling workouts they were always the hardest workouts for me <laughs> uh, on, on roller ski because it was always someone that was trying to set the pace and try to see which one could uh, could we get rid of uh, during this? Uh, it was supposed to be a, a slow workout, but but it, I th I felt that especially the double polling uh, sessions were uh, often very hard, and and uh, I think it was in the period when when double polling was growing and it became more important also for the nor this normal distance skiers. I could join the national team before I I won uh, before I was in it. I could be with them on some training camps and I remember Elda Rønning and and these guys they were they were really good in double polling so I had I, I think I, I got some some tough years there my first senior years were quite tough I tried to I, I hated this workout because I knew I was <laughs> to let them go or I was always really really tired in my arms and I, so I that made me a little bit pre better prepared for for uh, Disky Classics racing, uh, and unless I didn't know that uh, I was <laughs> preparing for them, because I, I I was never aiming for Vasalop, I didn't know that I was able to to perform well in these races. But still, in your first Vismaski Classics race, you did not double pull the whole thing. You had uh, kick wax under your skis. Do you remember that race? Yeah, I remember it in in Livigno, uh, the last Gambetta. We did the whole round, and uh, I was talking yeah, we to skied on the show club. Yeah, we skied yeah. a course that we we're not doing today. It is uh, yeah. further up in the valley, and uh, it's kind of big hills back yeah. there or over there. Uh, yeah, that's really a nice uh, round. Uh, and I remember talking to Anders Eiklund. He was saying, ah, "I I will go with the kickwacks." And okay, okay, if you do, uh, I, I will too. <laughs> But uh, then uh, when we came on the start line, he had changed because he had uh, got some uh, uh, reports from the, his team, uh, his waxers or any, somebody, that it was uh, not so fast uh, with the kick wax uh, from the top to on the long downhill. And uh, so I, I got so a gap on him, but he, he really uh, <laughs> he came in a really high speed uh, just past me. And, yeah, it was a huge difference yeah. uh, in yeah, glide. Really. <laughs> And you finished yeah. eventually like sixth or seventh or something yeah. in that race. Yeah. It was a mass sprint, and I was I was not able to to keep up with the the sprinters like you on Schelstad and Jonkristian, and they were really strong. So, but how how was that first week? And you came to this new circuit because you never did like the Berkey or anything like that before. No, I was supposed to do the Berkey. 
Ike Bajner the, the, win, the winter before for Lisbon. Uh, it was cancelled that year in 2014 because of the wind, strong wind. So, but we, we did uh, we we skied over the mountain uh, anyway. It was it was not so so bad weather. It was sunny and it was nice. So I got a little bit a little taste of it uh, how it was and. Um, so I'm glad I took the, the tour over the mountain uh, because then I I could feel something that I used when I raced the year after. So, yeah, we, we're gonna go back to the race the year after. But what what was your impression that first weekend in Lavinia in December, right before Christmas in the year of 2014? Uh, almost immediately, like the. The atmosphere around the race, is, uh, it was a really positive uh, uh, atmosphere and, uh, and people were very positive and it was um, it was these teams and I knew a lot of the guys from before. Uh, I could, maybe I could say I, I felt like home or I liked the, the situation and uh, I liked the, the races. I was really looking forward to every race. Yeah, it was uh, it was a good uh, good start, and uh, I think uh, David Nilsson and, the, and the, the guys around there were positive, and, and everybody was they were kind of relaxed, but still very serious. They they wanted to train hard and, and perform, and uh, that was real. I, I liked it. Anders Sjöklund, Team Ragdaindom in the season. 2015, Petter Eliasson was coming to uh, long distance racing and uh, he was a really good skier on the, the Norwegian national team and I think his favorite distance was uh, 50k, uh, long distance so for him to, to ski more long distance race I think was good for him and he is a skier with really high capacity and he really fast uh, adapted to the double pulling so he could use his uh, his high capacity in the double pulling and during the season 2015 he uh, was getting better and better and he was really strong and I was fighting with him for the yellow jersey the whole season. He was fighting from the first race in uh, Las Cambeda and uh, he was one and two in the Vasaloppa in a really, really hard fight there. And uh, then he won the Birkebeiner race ahead of uh, Martin Jonsrud-Sundby and uh, and uh, he was really strong in the end, and uh, he, he was the best racer that season. So uh, I think uh, to have Petter in long distance was um, was was, uh, was really good for the sport. And he is also a really offensive skier. He liked to go hard from the start and liked to use his high uh, capacity. And he's not afraid of uh, of being in the front of the group. And if he's in good shape, he can uh, almost. Uh, destroy everyone in in a big field. So I like Petter as a skier, and uh, to have him to have him on our team now, training together and competing together is a real inspiration for me. So I'm, I think that's good. Later that winter in 2015, you you made something in the Berkey that uh, affected uh, Martin Jusrud Sundby for for the the coming years. You. You raced against him, you were in a breakaway, the two of you, and you were double pulling and he was using kick wax and he had better glide than you and he was like the very best skier. Uh, but still you you beat him just by double pulling faster than he could ski. How, how was that race? 
Oh, it was uh, <laughs> it was a really fun race. Uh, I think I was very nervous. Perfect conditions, and I uh, knew that Martin was uh, going to to come, and uh, I felt it was uh, kind of uh, more prestige uh, to to meet uh, this uh, World Cup skiers. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, and uh, and I fell in the start, and I had to chase the group uh, that was uh, going. Really hard up to Skramstadsetra, the first uh, climb. And, uh, but then uh, when uh, Martin and I and Jon Kristian were skiing together, we, just uh, the three of us, it was uh, really fun. I felt so strong and uh, oh, it was an uh, amazing feeling. <laughs> I felt I was stronger than Martin when it came on, uh, on the flats. Uh, so it was uh, one, of the, one of my best memories in, uh, <laughs> in skiing, <laughs> to beat Martin. What is your best memory? I don't know. I think this that was one of the, one of the best days, and Valsalop uh, was really, really the first victory there. It was uh, surrealistic and real feeling. Uh, I think that two on uh, races was uh, is one of my best memories ever. <laughs> Talking about Valsaloppet, you you won this Valsaloppet uh, just a few weeks ago. It was your second time. I think uh, many of us are a little surprised by the ending of the race. You and Stian Hörlgård took off. Even though we've seen the, the interviews with you, we, we, <laughs> there are still some questions like, what were you thinking the last... Tell, me, t- tell us about the last two kilometers of the race. What happened? I remembered when I came in the Moira Park... Uh... I, I had these flashbacks from uh, when Anders Sjöklund and, and uh, Reshak and, and me was uh, fighting in 2015. Uh, and I remember when we were going, I think it was two, three kilometers before the finish line, I felt I was stronger than, than Anders and Reshak. But I didn't get that feeling this year. I tried when I was leading to push quite hard, but I didn't feel I had the same speed that I had back then, like one kilometer uh, push, if you know what I mean. Not like the, the sprint, but uh, you, long like you can push hard. Oh. Yeah, long long sprint, yeah. But still, I wanted to try to set the pay, a quite high pace when we go go out there under the bridge. And I came in this uh, the last uh, long flat before finish... Uh, for those uh, small hills up to the yeah. to the straightaway, yeah. the last long flat, I I tried to feel if I had something. Uh, I didn't feel that it was uh, working quite good as I hoped. But didn't you have like me, me. W- when we look at it on TV? It's like don't you have one more gear there? Like couldn't you ski it, like it, at your in, instead of ninety percent? Couldn't you ski at ninety five there? I, I I I could ski harder the last uh, when it was like two kilometers, but I was afraid that he just could pass me uh, on the finish line right before. So I, I wanted to save some energy because I knew he was fast and I knew he was every year he has been on the podium. So he, he knows he's how a, to. Yeah, uh, he's, he's a, a really muscle up uh, skier. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I, I was afraid. The, to burn out too much energy before the last 500. I, I was expecting a really hard fight the last 500. But um, So then I, I took down the pace and I stepped to the side and, and 
wanted to see i said yeah i didn't i don't remember what i said to him but maybe something like you can try <laughs> or something uh, i thought and and he took the lead and, and i was really glad for that and i felt when he took the lead it didn't go so fast we were skiing quite easy uh, wait uh, like waiting for something to happen and uh, then i tried to to let him go some just some a few meters Tur- he turned back it seemed like he was oh, okay maybe he's tired and he he tried uh, he increased the pace a little bit then i got his back skis and um, i was really not sure when to to step out and and try to pass him because i I was really I didn't feel I had that uh, long uh, long uh, sprint so I had I had to wait I, I think okay I had to wait I have to wait but <laughs> I didn't want to wait uh, too long but I, I felt I, I couldn't wait any longer when it was uh, maybe 100 meters left so did, did you really I, think you w- would win there like what what did you, what were you thinking when you were skiing uh, back on his skis like the like three and four hundred meters before the finish line were you like oh i'm never gonna make it because Stian is a good sprinter or what what were you did you really think you would win i was not sure how uh, how much he had uh, left in his arms uh, but i could see when i uh, when i let him take the last lead up these small hills uh, that he was he was kind of he was kind of white in his face he was he looked tired as i I knew he was not super fresh. I didn't know how fresh I I was myself, so therefore I had to wait. Still, I had something. I felt okay. I I have one uh, kick left, but I have to save it. I, I I don't want to go too early, so he can take my back skis and then come out again. So that uh, I think I have thought uh, something about like that. So you. You have skied. Uh, you have raced against Dian for like, I think five seasons. In Wismaski Classics, have you yeah. have you ever beaten him in a sprint before? No, I don't think so. Uh, but I, we have not, not sprinted like uh, side by side. It's kind of I don't think we have sprinted side by side. But I have uh, done a lot of uh, speed workouts with him, and I know he's fa- really fast. So, um, and, but it it's really it um, it uh, went through my mind after that. He has so many uh, podiums, but he has never won a ski classics race. He is fast, but he he never just he has never managed to take that uh, that last step. But he has won uh, several local races, like uh, on Shushan and, and in Oslo. He may not have this uh, last confidence, if you know what I mean. If he had won won a race or two, maybe he will. He could be more, even more uh, confident. So, yeah, maybe that was um, more. I, I didn't talk to him uh, so much because uh, after the race, I, I could see he was really disappointed. Uh, but maybe he he thought he, he would win the whole thing because he's faster than me, and he was he took a little bit too light on it because he, he knew he was faster than me. You were talking about uh, workout before, like you said, like yeah, I sometimes go th- two or three hours, like almost threshold pace or medium pace. You could start in that end. What 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 about that long workout with a little higher pace? Uh, yeah, I think uh, over the years I have 
I remember where I, when I was a small uh, small kid, uh, and I skied uh, by myself the first years. I liked the, if I saw someone that was uh, in, in front of me in the tracks, I always wanted to to close the gap here and, and pass them. I was like, uh, I think over the years, uh, it has gone in periods when I uh, train this uh, hard, uh, longer sessions. But I think I have done two little uh, speed uh, speed workouts and uh, and maybe two little strength uh, and I have, I have skied a lot of this uh, you know this uh, workouts you have, that you hear from your coach oh don't do this you have to stay under the, stay on level 1 and uh, <laughs> intensity 1 and and uh, then you have to do this really systematic you know Oh yeah, you and mean yeah, two strength yeah. workouts and two intervals workouts and the rest yeah. and slow distance. Yeah. yeah, and slow, really slow uh, distance and and in two intervals. But I never, I have problems uh, over the years. I have, I think, I had two, two little weeks with, with that kind of system. I often go out and I, okay, it's nice and I, I feel I, I, I tried some technique and I. I I think I go. I have a lot of this distance workouts have been maybe too hard, and then I come home and I'm, I feel a little bit tired, and then I skip this interval session and I go on a new distance workout the day after instead. And so I think I have uh, done a lot of uh, distance uh, skiing that maybe have been. Uh, level one two or three uh, over the years but um, if i ski more um, uh, more easy and uh, i could have more energy for the the other workouts that i also need <laughs> yeah so do you still do like two interval sessions per week year round uh, some weeks i have two and three and uh, some weeks i have uh, one or or no no interval so i i I'm not so good at structure. I, I am more like a day-to-day based uh, kind of guy. So you wake up and you look at the weather yeah. and you decide training? A lot of my weeks and my days have been like that. But try to uh, to have more system and more thoughts and more plans. But um, often I, I, I feel that I, I, I want to do like a system. But then my body have some uh, restra- uh, restraints or what you call it uh, that oh, it's not working. The bo- my body it's not working the way I want. It's not feeling the the way I want, and I have to uh, adjust. And then I go out of the system. So so yeah. In an interview with Vismaski Classics uh, a few years ago, you said half of your uh, dryland training was running. Is it still like that that you're running like fifty percent of your training from uh, during the summer? Uh, uh, that uh, depends on uh, some weeks. I can run a, a lot, but uh, the last years I have been roller skiing more, I think, uh, and running less. I had uh, like the first year. I remember I had uh, like thirty uh, hours uh, per month with running. Wow. Why do you need yeah. to run when you're going to double pull old races anyway? I was thinking about that and uh, I think every time when I feel I'm in good running shape, I also is in in general good shape. Uh, that was my like overall thought about it. 
So if my running shape is good, my my total shape is often good. It's not so easy, of course, but uh, if I'm in really bad uh, running shape, then I maybe is missing something on the total shape, if you know what I mean. Interesting. So, so this running, uh, is that both interval and long workouts? Yeah, it's uh, yeah, but mostly it's. I think it's the most important for me is to be in a good shape for long running. That I feel that I'm in a good shape when I do a long run. Now we are in a segment with a few questions here. What's your education and occupation? My education is uh, I'm a physiotherapist. Or physical therapist. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure of the English term. Uh, my occupation is professional skier at Team Rangde Eyjendom. Besides, I do something else, but uh, it's, it's uh, on a volunteer-based uh, basis. It's not uh, something that uh, gives what, me money. <laughs> what is that? I'm a coach in uh, football coach and a ski coach, and I do. I have started uh, a project that is called Arctic Alta uh, Ski and Fat Bike Festival. Oh, you have started so, that? We were two guys uh, in the start that was uh, was starting that idea, and and uh, this year we had a ski race and a fat bike race, and uh, now we are planning to expand to have uh, like a winter sport week for kids, and we have uh, a summer activity week for kids, and also in the fall we want to to build uh, this. Uh, like a sport event, new uh, all year sport event that is uh, like more or less the same concept as these bigger events. They have this they have this week, but we are also aiming for the kids and and to have everybody joining. Not so elite focus, but we want people to come out and do sport and uh, share the passion uh, for sport and uh, outdoor activities. And uh, hopefully we can. Uh, can give something back if it's uh, something uh, that uh, brings um, uh, money so the, the, the local clubs can get something back. So that's a project I'm uh, interested in now to develop and uh, I hope to, to be a part of that for the next years. Wow, interesting. Okay, and next question about something totally different. Your VO2 max, what is that value? Uh, I have not measured it uh, this year. Uh, so, um, but last year, the last year, I think maybe I did something. When was it? In this September, maybe. In running, I had uh, something over eighty. I had the highest I have measured is eighty-seven in running and eighty-eight in classic diagonal stride. Oh. And in double so, polling? Double polling, eighty or. 81 I don't I don't remember what's your PR in 3,000 meters running uh, 8.51 and in 10k running um, I don't have a 10k PB what's your PB in 5,000 meters skier have you tried that no I, don't, I haven't trained that, uh, tried that either I have to do it <laughs> and bench press uh, 85 I think 85 kilos and your favorite workout? What is that? Uh, good question. I I, um, I don't know. <laughs> I like these distance uh, workouts. Five hours or two hours? It depends on my uh, 
my energy level. But if I if I have a good energy level and I feel uh, good and and the weather is good, it five hours is, is really good. What's your Six worst hours. worst workout? Before it was uh, long roller ski double poling in rain rainy weather. But now I I don't know. The worst, uh, of course, this uh, really hard uh, hard workouts, hard intervals uh, like. Um, uh, six times six on uh, ski or or, uh, or uh, uphill could be really hard mentally. But uh, I I don't I, I never go with I never think about uh, what's my worst workout. I, I'm not good at answering this uh, type of questions. <laughs> no worries. Okay, let's look into the future. How long are you, you gonna ski for? For uh, I mean, at the competitive, at the professional level, um, I I have to take one or two years at a time. And uh, right now, I have one year more uh, of contract with the team Rogdalendom. But uh, things uh, have uh, developed. I I want to ski as as long as possible. I don't know if I should say it, but I have I have this crazy uh, wild uh, dream to. <laughs> To be able to uh, to qualify for the 2025 uh, World Championships in uh, in Trondheim, oh. but uh, I, I know it's I know it's uh, it's uh, it's ridiculous because uh, if I say it, uh, people will uh, laugh. And I know <laughs> it's really really dif- difficult because it's uh, when you are not on the national team, it's that was I interesting. So that's when so, so that's when you're 40 years old, right? Because you're born in 85. <laughs> yeah. But I'm born in December, so I will be <laughs> 39 when the championships. And Trondheim—that's where you're from. Yeah, that's my home uh, hometown. I was born there and uh, lived there. To, uh, I was 28. That's awesome that you put up this goal because you, you're usually not the man with uh, the big headlines. But this is like—we uh, like this. <laughs> we su- uh, we support you. I <laughs> but I, I think if I if I aim uh, towards uh, that uh, goal, uh, I will not say that uh, it's, it's uh, my end of my career because it can end earlier, or I hope to have it even longer. But um, I feel the circle is going around because when I was 11 years old in '97, it was also World Championships in Trondheim, and I was uh, there. As a spectator, uh, I, I skied uh, with my family from my home and uh, crossing uh, the woods and, and uh, ending up in the side of the tracks and, and watching uh, watching the world's best skiers uh, competing in in, uh, in Trondheim. It was uh, I think it was my first uh, kind of meeting uh, or seeing the international level and and then I saw what skiing and what uh, like an, a big uh, sport event can do with people because people were uh, I, I would not say they were crazy but they were uh, meeting and showing up in uh, thousands and they were cheering and they were happy I feel it camping it, yeah camping and, and, and I think that uh, that moment or that uh, days they maybe f- Formed form me that I okay I wanted to 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 be a skier myself and uh, when I was skiing in the in the woods uh, or in the tracks the in months and years after I were I was dreaming I was one of the Norwegians 
Yeah, I think uh, it's, it was fun to, to see and watch what the big uh, sport event can do. People come together, they share uh, passion and joy over a sport event and the excitement over competitions. So uh, that's something I, I really like uh, with sport. And about the events, how would you like to develop Visma Ski Classic? What would you like to see more of and what would you like to change? And, or is everything all good? Or What do you think about the future? Uh, well, I'm not uh, good in uh, in uh, predicting the future. I tried so many times. And I'm really bad <laughs> to that. Uh, but uh, I think classics do a lot of things right. They want to share the the passion for skiing with everyone that can and want. Uh, we are uh, so uh, I like the the concept with the teams and that everybody is staying on the starting on the same starting line. I think the event is good. Uh, of course, you can have more events. I think the number is maybe kind of uh, okay. I don't know. It's maybe some some new races, and uh, if if it's possible to have uh, even bigger races, and that every every of the the race uh, that is in ski classics are really big races uh, and prestigious races. That must be. Uh, I think it must be an important goal to have. These big, mass events with uh, high prestige. Seems that you're pretty satisfied with uh, the circuit right yeah. now. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. my last question is, why did you use Kickwax in La Diagonela this year? Well, uh, I can uh, share my thoughts. I, I was uh, this year. I I, I was thinking uh, maybe can I use the Kickwax in some of the bigger races, taking ad- advantage of that. Because I, I knew Vasalope, the record time is, is set on kickwax. I've been really tired in that race uh, the last years in my arms. Uh, so I was thinking, I was having this thought in my mind, maybe can I use the kickwax in Vasalope? Oh, really? Yeah, but uh, so I was planning to, to try it because I, uh, I felt it was really uh, to save the arms. And, and, uh, and as I said, that's the fastest uh, times have been set with kickwax. But... As the season developed and I tried it in Diagonal, it was not uh, successful and uh, then I felt uh, my double polling became stronger and I was not so insecure anymore. So I I, I put it aside uh, after Yesarisko. I decided I will not go with Kikwax anyway. And uh, that was something uh, that was laying in the back of my mind. So will you try it next year other than the race to Leopard? I don't know. I think it's good to train with kickwax uh, and also compete. Uh, I think I, I've seen it, not this year, but uh, the year before. Uh, people were trying to train for the nationals, the 50k, and they used kickwax on training, and their shape became better. I felt they became stronger because they also used they le- their legs. The total shape were, were getting better. So uh, I think maybe maybe in some race it's, it can be fun and if you don't take so much glide in Diagonale it was not the best uh, conditions and I was mm. not in the best shape either. Yeah, you had but been I sick think it's, before. Yeah, yeah, I think it's possible to to hang around <laughs> the, and and be able to to win a race even a flat one with kickbacks. I don't think it's. Uh, I think often the. The difference is not so big as we as we believe, because uh, before they they raced really fast with kickwax, and then uh, when you got this shift after the Birken 2015, everybody wanted to double pole, but still 
We have to remember that Martin was only 10 or 5 seconds behind me in Birken. And he was maybe in not his best shape either. I think if you train really really good with kickwax and you have really good skis and the conditions is, is uh, good for, for using the, the kick, you can win a lot of the races with kickwax. Interesting indeed. And very nice talking to you, Peter. With yeah. Good luck with the, the training here this year and we'll see you in races next season. Yeah, thank you. Thank, thank you for you. the chat. Yeah, thank you for having me. This podcast is a W Sports Media production.